Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to oh, He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, yeah, man. Another week, another meltdown. What? What else is new in your guys' world? Because uh, we're in the same place, uh, not going, not going anywhere. Just we're like a, a one-footed duck, just just swimming in circles as everyone's uh, floating on down the river, having a having a good old time. But uh, how are you boys doing? I'm uh, getting my trophy case ready for this beautiful wooden spoon we're heading towards right now. This is uh, a little painful to think that we might be in the same category as the team we'd like to pick on in Cincinnati, but uh, yeah, not looking too promising right now. It's really, really hurtful. Yeah, it's tough. Year three. I actually, I was on the, uh, the Cincinnati podcast last night. They, they had me on as a guest. I did it last year with them as well. Like, I mean, solid group of guys, but yeah, like we're, uh, we're right on their level now. There's not even like any pride. I can, uh, I can hang over their head or anything like that. We, we might take the, the wooden spoon, but uh, Mr. Papa George, how you doing, buddy? Did you say a one-footed duck? Yeah, man, it swims in a circle. No, I got it. Uh, I think we all got the visual right now. Yeah, yeah. That's like a pretty common saying in the South. So what you're saying is we're doing a lot of something, but we're not really going very far. That is basically 100% what I'm saying. There's a whole lot of of movement, but it's not really going in any, any direction in particular. Yeah, this season, uh, needless to say, has not been as exciting as I think all of us would have hoped it was. Uh, we actually spent this last weekend celebrating your son, our security guard, his fifth year birthday party. And we popped over to Stout over on Andrews Avenue, as you people who come to the stadium often know where it is. And uh, yeah, we watched the second half of that debauchery and I uh, got to say, it was not fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, was it more painful like on a real TV or or more painful just on my phone at the at the birthday party? It was definitely more painful on the real TV because at the birthday party there was some pretty funny shit that happened. I'll be honest okay. with you. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I got. I got to say, it was painful for me. I went from seeing Ronaldo notch that hat trick to immediately <laughs> turning it over and seeing a red card to Breck Shea and throwing my phone, going, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, the highest of highs and lowest of lows. We're going to get into to all of that for sure. Welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am uh, Jay Kington, uh, Alex Papa George, back in the studio uh, alongside as well is Mr. Than Harrington. So welcome, uh, everyone. We do have, I guess, some good news we can share. We do have one good thing we can share. I'm going to go ahead and, and pass this one over to Than because... There's no one in this world that loves the academy in Fort Lauderdale CF 
slash Inter Miami two more than Than Harrington tracked it all. So I'm gonna let you uh, report this lovely news that we are very excited about. Our boy Noah Allen finally gets that homegrown contract. It is something that I've been excited for, been anticipating, been you know, watching, waiting for this to happen. Uh, obviously, with the deficiencies in the defensive line, you know we're going to need him as as much as he's inexperienced. Uh, you know he's going to provide some sort of coverage in the left back spot, which we sorely need. Uh, you know, his contract's running through the 2024 season with club options through 2025 and 2026. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about how much I love Noah, but I mean, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of this deal? I'm extremely pleased with it. This is something I thought, uh, had a very, very high chance of happening. Um, I'm glad to see it come through. Uh, we definitely could use some additional support, uh, on that left side. Uh, you know, we've been without, uh, Karen Gibbs, but you know, we've got some news on that in a little bit as well. Uh, and, but you know, that back line, it's, uh, like I said, it, it's a platypus, man. It's, it's, it's all strewn together. Um, you know, Breck, uh, Breck was disappointing this past game and, and that's probably putting it, putting it very, very likely. We, uh, we'll, we'll use them. We can definitely use the extra, uh, bodies out there, and I think the more that we can have Noah Allen develop, the better off we'll be, uh, you know, probably in a year or two, especially in two years once these sanctions are done and he's got some uh, some game time experience under his belt. You must love the word platypus. I mean, I, I, I think that's a great analogy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up again. I mean, I, but you, yeah, yeah well. I, I, I honestly haven't heard this word in probably like two decades, and for the last two weeks, you've used <laughs> the word platypus three times. Hilarious, but even more hilarious. How many people listening right now has ever gotten a call from a porn star? Probably not many. Well, this one is not the porn star you want to be calling you. That was super awkward. We we used to work with a guy. I will not disclose his name. Uh, Jay, what's his Instagram handle? It's like Barry's Big Boobs or or, or something like oh, that. Oh, we're gonna plug we're gonna plug a male porn star's website, are we? Listen, we have zero sponsors for this podcast. Might as well <laughs> give our boy a fucking plug. And dude, when you pop this son of a bitch on Instagram, I'm sorry. He's telling me to just stop cussing here. Uh, but anyway, when you move into Barry's boob world or whatever it's called. Barry's man, love world. It's like a Vander Holyfield just got <laughs> knocked with an uppercut that just took the dude down. It's literally double D's on double D's. But anyway, uh, Noah Allen. Uh, <laughs> Let's digress. <laughs> how can you segue out of that? I can pivot real fast, guys. How can you segue into it? And how do you even segue out of that? <laughs> Uh, not as fascinating as the two things that just happened to me with the platypus and big boobs. But anyway, uh, Noah Allen. Yes, Than, you hit it right on the head. It's glad to see this guy get a motherfucking contract inside of Major League Soccer. Good for him. He has played each and every game very, very well. And honestly, he hasn't been the problem. It's been everything else with this club. So I am looking forward. I'm happy to say Noah is officially a part of the, the senior club here, the big boys. And, you know, hopefully he stays for a long time because that kid's got a little bit of talent. Well, if it's anything like this, uh, this pass off season, we we like to get rid of people apparently. But uh, let's get into this this game recap in case anyone's been living under a rock. You know, we like to 
you know, maybe say a few words to our first time listeners who just decide like, Hey man, now's a good time to jump into, uh, to enter Miami and, and really go heavy into the podcast world. We did lose that game to LAFC, uh, final score of two to zero. Um, oh man, this is, there's so much to, to unpack here. Uh, but, uh, goals by Opoku goals by, uh, Tajori Shradi, um, Biggest news, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, biggest news here, Breck turned around playing horrible passes, uh, and then, of course, ends up getting uh, the red card. But let's let's start with, I guess, the, the, the initial game. Hey, here's some news. We came out in a 4-2-3-1. I'm pretty excited about this. I would like to see us stay in this more attacking-minded formation. Uh, Than did you see anything that, that that caught your eye about the formation switch, good, bad, indifferent? Not really. I mean, it looked, it looked like the team, again, was trying to find their footing in a new formation that maybe Phil had tinkered with for a little bit. And the first, at least to me, five to ten minutes, it felt like, they were trying to find that footing, but they gained more confidence as the game went on. Uh, unfortunately, too little too late, but I, I think if we stay with this and utilize the folks we have in our lineup that are not injured, uh, it could be beneficial. It, it really could be going forward. If we can keep all 11 players on the pitch. Alex, what's it like, man? Because, you know, we're all such big Breck fans. What? What was it like seeing uh, seeing our boy? You know, he's had a, a rough couple games here. Uh, not not the start that he was hoping for. Not the start that that the fans were hoping. Here is is what's going on with the Lizard King, man? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, he might have some running bet with Nico Fagal and LGP. You know, who can who can get the most red cards while they're they're no longer on the club? But I don't know, man. I mean, it was super tough to tell because you know, like you know, we spent most of the first half, you know, at Quinn's birthday party, right? And just, you know, watching the game on your phone, talking with your parents, all that crap, you know, just a little distracted, super, super difficult, you know, yeah. and it was also distracting was that little boy who turned around and gave us all a nice little peep show. All right, dude, all right, all right, stop it. All right, I'm done, I'm done. But um, no, the reality is that with the formation, I would like to see a little bit more of it. It was tough to judge, you know, especially not being able to fully sit down and digest the entire first half. And then obviously the second half towards the back end of the first with Brett going out, you know, you can never really judge a formation when they're missing a player. Um, so I think that that all kind of rolls up to the same type of ecosystem and ethos that we're talking about here. So, you know, I guess I'm, you know, not overly impressed given that we didn't score one time uh but i wouldn't mind giving another shot with a full club out there yeah so second half started uh leonardo campana it's not campania someone corrected us i can't remember off the top of my head but thank you it is campana uh, no enye and uh it translates to bell uh strong strong last name so he was subbed off uh to bring on quinteros to reconstruct a, a back four um i thought personally Defense played better once Breck went off. We switched up to more of a 4-4-1 kind of formation. Uh, but I really think a lot of this is, I know Quinteros has had some issues, um, but Breck was just having one after the other. Uh, it was it was really tough. And the, I mean, like going back to the Austin game, like Noah Allen had a really rough first half, you know, and it, it's just these mistakes are, are really stunting any uh, any 
positive movement that we can make in the first half. So Quinteros comes on. I thought the the, the back line did a much better job, especially considering uh, they're playing down a man. Is, uh, you know, hypothetically, we're going to get into the Gibbs situation. Uh, if Gibbs isn't ready to go, and your options are, well, it can't be Brett because he's going to be suspended off the red. Uh, are you going Quinteros? Or are you going our boy Noah Allen in that, uh, that left wing spot? I would have to go. I would have to go Noah Allen. Quinteros uh, is, I don't know, just watching him play like it gives me ulcers. I, I there's there's times where I just don't trust what he's doing out there, and I would rather have Noah Allen backed by someone with a little more experience rather than leave Quinteros out there and never know what you're going to get out of it. At least with Allen, you know there's going to be some youthful mistakes. And you know what to expect. I think that's like, uh, I don't know what the, the, the term I'm, I'm looking for, right? But there's a, a kind of risk-reward situation, right? I, th- I think Allen is more beneficial in the attack. I think Quinteros has a little bit more experience to where he could have a little bit more uh, security there. But this is going to be something to keep our eye on. Hopefully, we're not worrying about this because hopefully uh, Gibbs will be back soon. Uh, but moving off the defense, I mean, Gonzalo, 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 Gonzalo. Where has this man been? It seems like he's just a, a ghost out there. I think he had what, like, it's like the third fewest touches on the pitch or something. It, it's just, it's just miserable. Th- this system isn't working. I'm a little thrown off because I thought really once we went to like a four two three one, him playing more is like a, a true cam and not you know the two center forward system would, would be uh, an improvement. But dude, he is just the body language is not there. Everything we were told is, has just not been true as far as being a leader and, and the body language. And now we're seeing all these media outlets really let into him. Anyone from ESPN, some of the local outlets down here, uh, you know, ETR as well was, was speaking about it. It's is this the time that, that we bench Gonzalo? Absolutely. And without a doubt. He's not bringing anything to the table. You know he's going to be gone after this year. Why not let him and maybe just remind him that he is expendable at this point. Let him ride the pine, collect himself, and if he wants to play ball, cool, let's go. If he doesn't, he's on the bench. We have, really have nothing left to lose. After Federico retired, his handler's gone, so he has no one to rein him back in. It's it's one of those things that you're just going to have to let it play its course, kind of like Matuidi last year. It's It sucks, but that's where we're at. In a grand salad, or? Well, I mean, let's take a step back. Um, Conteros, what's his salary on the team? Oh, goodness, I'm not going to know that. Is he 2.7 million off the top of my head? I will find out for you real quick. Hit me with that. Keep talking while I look it up. We'll see why I'm asking that question is before I answer the question about Gonzalo is more related to Noah Allen and Quinteros. And if you bench both him and Gonzalo Iguain, you are quite literally removing the two highest paid players on your team from the starting lineup, which is super, super difficult to digest given that we are already one DP down from the rest of the league, given the sanctions well, he, that we I don't, have. So I, th- I think you're confusing him with um, Andres Reyes as far as his salary level goes, because I don't want it. I feel like 2.7. That would have to, to be DP. Let's see where we are. Where the hell? There's so many names. Just control F it. 
woman like, oh, I'm this. So about, uh, well, that's just his market value. They, they're so sneaky with keeping all this stuff under wraps. It's Why are they so sneaky with it? It should know, be pretty it's, obvious. It's really, it says his market value is about 600000 hmm. Well, I may be mistaken So, on hold on. Quintero's base salary is sixty six k. Oh, shit. Well, I was way off on that. That's, I mean, but, you know, in all due respect, that's about 16% higher than Breck Shea the first year. <laughs> Drake, Drake Calendar makes double what Quinteros makes. Jesus. All right, so how does that factor into to your thought process? It factors here? a lot into my thought process behind this. Then you should sit his ass down and you should put Noah on the pitch because you are absolutely right, Dan. Uh, let's get the kid a little bit more PT. He's a little bit younger. He's a little bit more value, sustained value for us. But that's what Listen. you mean by let's take it back. Okay. okay. Yeah, we're so, talking a little bit about there because I was curious. I was like, if we're going to bench our two highest paid players on the pitch, then I don't know if that's exactly the best move. But, I mean, mm-hmm, Jay, you know me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since last year, I've been talking about benching Gonzalo Higuain. To me, I don't – I understand why he's here. I get that it's the big flash when we brought him in. He's never fit inside of this club. He's never fit inside of the new coaching regime. He doesn't fit on the pitch. He doesn't fit anywhere which way or what about it. You know, the people who are at the game, you know, the number one thing that we were all talking about in the stands was just how Gonzalo was clogging up everything that was happening inside of the middle in front of our final third. And that just doesn't work inside of this this system that Phil Neville is putting together. So I don't see a place anywhere on the club with him and obviously it's tough to cut your number one player and your highest paid player but if you're not going to cut him to sit his ass down and see who else is out there but it's also probably easier to cut him because let's be honest he hasn't made an attempt to connect with the fan base the fan base is calling for his head phil neville's could be looking to take some of the heat off of his backside so he's going to put the blame on gonzalo and say hey you're going to take the fall for this you created this monster now you need to uh Put it to bed. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are are turning on him. I think it's very noticeable, notable, not noticeable, but notable. Also noticeable because nobody noticed him at practice today. He was practicing indoor by himself, which I don't know. That seems like uh, like like not a good thing. I think they they might be really trying to send a message or maybe even start the the process of kind of working him out of the uh, the starting lineup. Who? Who do we replace him with? Are you, are you putting what Robbie Taylor is your cam? Are you, and then what flank him with, you know, Robbie Robinson or Emerson? And then last on the, on the right, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. He would certainly have more energy. I mean, Gonzalo seems to not run at all. If you're not going to play the ball, it's like, he doesn't even want to interject himself into the play. It's either pass me the ball. Or I'm, or I'm just going to stand here. Uh, very, very tough, especially considering that, when we want to press on defense, we, we do require you to, uh, you know, move your feet a little bit, which seems like he's he's not too keen on it. So something going, you know, keep an eye on this. I would say over the next three games, going to be very telling if we do substitute him, if we do play, say, Robbie Taylor or some, you know, variation. Uh, and he does well. I mean, then Gonzalo might just be coming off the bench, which honestly, let's consider him a, a super sub in the 60 or 70th minute. That might actually be a little a little more potent to, to finish games, potentially, if we're only requiring 20 minutes of physical exertion compared to 90. I mean, I'll double down on what I said last episode. Put Mota in at the center attacking mid spot and have him put his energy up there with the rest of the newer talent. He he looks like he wants to break out, but he's not in the right position. 
If you guys mm-hmm. remember last episode I talked about, he came in predominantly playing the center attacking mid spot. Give him a shot. What do you have left to lose at this point? I really, I like the shot he put on target. I mean, it was quick. It was oh, a, yeah. a good strike on it. I would not be opposed to that at all, but I guess if there's a team to do it, right? If there's a team to try a new 10, Cincinnati's got to be one of the best options in the league, right? I mean, Cincinnati or San Jose at this point. Yeah, or Charlotte, even though, hey, you know, they've scored uh, they scored in the last one, but give a, a hell of a fight to, to Atlanta. I think it was like the 96th minute that Atlanta score, scored uh, two wins. So um, overall, man, it's tough. In, in the midfield, it seems like all we do is just pass to get rid of the ball. We're not passing to create chances. We're not passing to get an attacking position. There is such such a disconnect between the lines of this team and being able to move the ball efficiently. One of the things, and I really, you know, I recorded the game and I really wanted to go through it again, but I just couldn't find the time to commit 90 minutes to doing this. But I wanted to count how many times we just pass back to Diop and then he just boots it up there and, and, and possession's gone. It, it was something, something absolutely uh, ridiculous, but you know what? Here again, we, we've we've done our, our service to to being honest and uh, being fair critics of the team. So positives. What are some positives you took away, Alex? Some positives. Give me a positive. I mean, no, Allen did just get signed. Uh, we're one <laughs> step closer to Marsman back in between goal. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not too many positives to hang your hat on when you have one goal in three games. Uh, we were all hoping that the average points at the very minimum goal scored per game improved and if anything we are (laughs) way behind schedule i shot over on way too many players when you were asking me yeah we we were talking about that at stout you know you you really had iguayan as the front runner of the league (laughs) this year but uh we'll see how that uh not the front runner of the league but just like (laughs) the, the obvious front runner uh, no, the listen team. listen the the biggest positives honestly that i can take is is that we have cincinnati next <laughs> fair okay i mean that, that's probably the most valid one that uh that there is honestly than what what we're give me give me give me one good positive uh, deandre yedlin's the player we thought he was he is he is attacking up that right side but the big thing is too he is the voice of calm and reason for the club he's going to tell it how it is he's not going to pull any punches if you're not pulling your weight he's going to let you know and we'll get into his post game uh, press conference here in a little bit but he is he is what we need along with gregory and some of the other players to be the anti gonzalo to be the hey you screwed up i'm going to pat you on the back i'm going to tell you what you did wrong now let's fix it let's move forward um, I loved his energy. I loved his commitment to the club that he's shown across the past three games. And I just love, I love that he's our player. That's the positive you can take out of this. He is our player. He is going to be great for us for a few years. Will we be great to him? That, that is the, uh, that's the question. Is that going to be a, a reciprocated feeling there? I'm going to stick with Robbie Taylor. I really like what I'm seeing. He seems to make the, the least amount of mistakes uh, on the team. And, you know, I would love to, to switch it up. Um, I think it sends a message to Gonzalo Bencham and the positive is that spot I would say is not as cemented as it, as it was. And there could be some competition in there and uh, we are here for it. So 
Let's uh, let's speak a little bit about this uh, this Phil Neville post game. Um, you know, I could have said Mo Adams is a lion as a as something positive, but uh, we're going to get into to, to this in a little bit. Than what what? Go ahead and, and run through a, a little bit of this post game and what your thoughts were. All right, so this one was uh, probably the the roughest one I've seen since Phil's been here. He he looked exasperated. He looked just confused, lost. He continually said the senior players need to step up. Uh, he felt like the team was heading in the right direction before the red card. He thought the red card may have come out too quickly. I don't necessarily agree with him. He felt that it wasn't a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity. I'm not quite sure how you don't see that. Uh, yeah, that's dog so all day. I mean, did you, uh, what, what did you guys think about that? I mean, that was a, a clear yeah, red. He pulled him down know. when he was getting past you. And it's Brian Rodriguez, right? It's not like he's a slow player. He's gonna he's gonna break away, and there's a a pretty high percentage shot that I'll have and a uh, good chance of scoring. So I honestly think it's the right call. And the maddening thing though, is if you watch the reverse replay, Deandre was catching him. Even if Brett got blown past Deandre was catching him. That's what I saw. I, so I, yeah, that's, that's what I noticed, but you know, I don't know. I, I think Breck, uh, was it a bad decision? It was tactical. It was tactical. You know, you don't want to go down two Oh, uh, before half, but you know, Yedlin does have some speed to him. So yeah, there, there was a chance, but I guess Breck doesn't, uh, deal in, uh, if, ands or buts, he only deals in positives. Uh, anyway, you know, moving on, he was, he was, he was very high though, uh, on Mo Adams. Did you see anything that's, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it. I don't understand it. Like, yeah, he, he was okay, but nothing like, He's the, the, what was the, the term he used? Like the, the standard, the standard of how Inter-Miami midfielders yeah. should be. I, I haven't really seen anything positive from the midfield this season. It's been, uh, been very, very tough. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's the one. I got to be honest. I, I heard him say that, and I know for a fact I stopped it. I laughed. I sent you a text, and then I went back and watched the film to see if I noticed anything Mo Adams had done. And I didn't see him on the highlights or anything. So, I mean, if that's the standard, he set the bar really low, and it's kind of unfortunate for the rest of the midfielders we have. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he seemed a little frustrated with that question, right? Kind of like stood up, just kind of slapped the table. Uh, he was also very critical of Gonzalo, Um you know, saying he's really, really got to step up. It's, it's time for him to perform again. I think we're all pretty rational, uh, sports-minded individuals. We've seen a lot of it on uh, the interwebs, Discord, stuff like that, fans going back and forth. Alex, is it uh, three games into the season? Is it is it too soon for the fans to start turning on Phil? Is it too soon for them to start calling for his head? Now that he's got a whole brand-new team of quote unquote, his players. Oh man. I don't know. The fans might've turned on him when Diego Alonso was coaching. Who knows mm -hmm. this, you know, this fan base, you know, it has a tendency to get a little extreme pretty quickly. If I do say so myself, but, um, but listen, if you've uh, listened to this podcast over the years, you know that I support a little bit of longevity in the leadership roles, but I got to say guys watching the post game, press conference with Phil was a little bit 
Maybe a little bit uneasy. And the reason why it made me a little bit uneasy is because you never want to see the head of the snake, your El Capitan, really kind of talking the way that he's talking, right? And I think that that's really when problems in the locker room start to happen. You know, Jay, you just talked about Iguain, you know, playing football by himself, you know, at practice, right? That is a clear red flag. When we start talking about blaming other players and, you know, stepping up. And guys, I mean, how many times have you heard the idea of like, you know, these these high-level players like Gregory or, you know, even Yeldon saying, hey, the fans don't deserve this. You know, we need to play better. Like, I'm honestly just tired of hearing that and I understand that it's some you know rational explanation you have to say that you know we are a community we are a fan base and all that types of stuff but you know at some point it's just kind of like put up or shut up a little bit and I think that you know Phil's impression that he gave in that press conference was just that I think that he got a little bit I think on edge with everything that's going on. This is not the start that he was expecting to have. You know, Jay, you just said these are more of his guys. And, you know, this is the first year of Chris Henderson really having kind of that entire offseason to build a program that he's looking to have. But again, I kind of always err on the side of, you know, we are still early. This is not the start that we all wanted to have. This is our third year as an expansion club. And I know when we compare ourselves to things like Nashville and, you know, Austin and even some of these newer clubs with 75,000 people showing up at the games in Charlotte, you know, we want to kind of compare, you know, apples to apples. But listen, guys, that's just not our story. And that's just not the reality of our story that we're going to tell as Inner Miami. But what really matters is who's going to hold that cup up first, right? And, you know, these teams can come out to hot starts, they can play as well as they want. But until you're holding that cup, to me, it's just it, it doesn't really matter. So, in my opinion, we have the piece of the puzzle that truthfully matters, and that's Chris Henderson. I think that with any organization really starts at that level of the entire program working together. And whether Phil's our guy or not, I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt here getting going and seeing how the rest of the season progresses. So, Jay, I guess very long-windedly answering your question, I think that three games is not enough time to tell that Phil Neville is our guy. We have an entire season, and I would rather us keep Phil Neville, no matter how he's doing throughout this season, than to let him go after three, four, five games and start this entire process over. So that's where I would probably put my position right now. And I think that's fair. I mean, I think, again, we're, we're pretty level-headed. Uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen, Than you've been active in the Discord about, you know, these people are kind of just, we can't just be getting rid of people, you know, a few games in the season or in such such a short time. We got to give them time. But that that you could that frustration was in that room was was palpable. It was very easy to sense. Do you think that frustration that Phil is showing is that more from you know a, a disappointment in himself or the players, or is that more kind of that's, friction? Jay, of, Jay, that's pressure right you, there. So, that, so, that is pure pressure. That is pressure from above. That's pressure so, yeah. from your inner circle. That's pressure from your players. That's pressure from everywhere around. That is absolute pressure. Okay, so I thought that was going to be the other option. Yeah, it was pressure of the media or the, the environment, all that, and um, kind of concerning, right? We're only three games in. We could go on like, a, you know, a, a, we, we did, what, a six-game win streak last season, what, 11 games unbeaten. We could hit another one of those, and then, hey, bam, we're, we're right we're right back to where we need to be and all this. So it, it is definitely uh, a little prematurely uh, to act over here. But something's got to give. Something's got to change um, in I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just disappointing, but 
look, we, we really can't get uh, get much worse. Uh, and then DeAndre go, went ahead and, and spoke to the to the press afterwards. What do you take away from that then? Um, again, like I already said, he's the leader that we need him to be. He feels the team uh, is and has enough to do well and compete. Uh, he loves the amount of drive and focus the team has, but and it was kind of what I took to be a subtle shot was that he wished all 11 players had the same drive and focus on the field at the same time. Um, he said he's willing to help out in any role and that he actually gave major shout out to Damian Lowe. He said uh, Damian gives him the confidence to play more aggressively. Is never concerned when Lowe is playing beside him, praise him on the ball and his forward play. Um, pretty much at the end of it all, he just said the team needs to get back to basics, simple passes, uh, needed to uh, be completed in order to compete, which goes along with what we were saying. Uh, we had 50% long ball passing against uh, LAFC. We need to focus on getting the ball up the field with simple, direct cutting passes. And, you know, DeAndre sees it, and hopefully he'll be the one that pushes the rest of the team to get on board with it. I sure hope so, because, uh, look, man, we... Uh... <laughs> There's, there's definitely, uh, definitely been, been some struggles here, and you know, I want to, kind like, of, like, like, don't you just feel like it was yesterday? We were talking about how easy the schedule was in the first beginning part of this year. Yeah, and uh, it's not gonna get, it's not gonna get pretty. Uh, a- April is going to be a very rough month. We need to, we need to go ahead and, and uh, get a win in Cincinnati because. We're going to have our metal really test. We need a win. <laughs> we are going to have our absolute metal test. So let me let me run through this uh, this April for you guys. Yeah, well, right? Jay, so we, you, we got Cincinnati. As you do that, though, let me, let me break you down real quick. Because last year, we did beat Cincinnati in their home stadium opener. That that stuff type of stuff stays inside someone's brain. So better be prepared. This ain't no Cincinnati team that's going to roll over. No, I mean, we beat Cincinnati many times. That was um, last year. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's still it's still, still Cincinnati. But April's going to start off hot. We're getting Houston. We're getting New England. We're getting Seattle. We're getting Atlanta. We're getting New England again. So uh, not going to get any better, uh, especially if our defense is leaking and can't stop any through balls. We're just losing all types of contested balls, aerial duels. Can't get any goals and not really finishing possessions, not really in our favor. Um, you know, even though at times it seems like we are, we're having more passes. One thing I really noticed was that LAFC was just so much more efficient with the ball. It took so many less or so few passes to get up there into uh, into an attacking space, but we've got to tighten it up because it's getting rough. And then one other thing I wanted to mention here, because right, our, our advantage being down in South Florida is, you know, a lot of our players are, are Latin from warmer climates and our stadium, you know, can get pretty hot some days. And as we saw, the wind can come from one side, switch to the other. We've seen hurricanes come. We've seen rain moving sideways. Are cooling breaks a fair thing to do? Like, I, I don't want to put any players in situations where they would, you know, be harmed or anything necessarily, quote unquote, uh, unhealthy for them, but I know the cooling breaks were there during like the MLS's back tournament, just because people were, you know, it was a really inconsistent season and they, they didn't want anyone that was not up to match fitness to have any issues. But I just feel like when we're having a break every half, we're losing our, one of our major advantages, which is kind of this, you know, tropical, humid um, environment that sucks the energy out of you. Are these, are these fair things we can, we can keep doing or 
should we be protesting and saying no cooling breaks? You got to keep them. I mean, if you take them out, the players are going to revolt because they're going to focus rightly so towards player safety. It's not about having a advantage or disadvantage or, I mean, the last game you had a cooling break in the middle of pouring down rain. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. You got to keep it. You got to keep it for the player safety, at least, especially in the hotter climates. If you're having a cooling break in New England in the beginning of March, I mean, that's something different you need to look at, but uh, that's just where I stand on it. Fair. Does, does every, every game in the MLS has these types of cooling breaks? No, I think it's the, there's a threshold with temperature. I think it's uh, like 80, 88 degrees or something like that. A kickoff during game, average temperature per year. What, I guess, I guess, the, yeah, I guess, I guess during kickoff. Or, I mean, I don't know if, well, I don't know if they're tracking the, the heat throughout the uh, MLS. The, the MLS mandates the use of cooling breaks when it's over uh, 82 degrees. 82 degrees? 82 degrees? Are you kidding me? Bro. <sighs> Bro, it's 82 degrees outside right now. I should have been getting so many more cooling breaks so, when I was playing football. I can read this verbatim. MLS mandates the use of cooling breaks if the wet bulb globe temperature measures 82 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. Additionally, the referee can at any time implement a discretionary drinks break during cases in which player safety is determined to be at risk. The fourth official will read the WBGT at the kickoff spot, the conclusion of the pre-warm-up match. A second reading will occur after the whistle blows for the end of the staff to determine if a hydration break is needed. Uh, cooling breaks last 90, 180 seconds. And, I mean, they have a whole run-on on the website about the whole cooling break thing. But, yeah, 82 degrees. I wonder what the like what you know the the rules are with like in say in the Champions League or I mean England's typically pretty damn cold throughout the season but maybe in another part of the world I wonder if there's similar uh, you know policies in place. It's 82 degrees sound, sounds pretty weak, uh, but uh, you know getting back to uh, a point I wanted to to ask here is Yedlin said you know, he's willing to take on any any role to help the team out. Right, he's not the player to piss and moan when being played out of position. Was this a shot at Gonzalo? Absolutely. I absolutely believe it was. I mean, the entire, both pressers were attacks at Higuain, to be honest, between what Phil said and what DeAndre said, just DeAndre had a little more disguise to his words. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's move forward. Let's move on, guys. Let's uh, let's keep this thing positive, right? It's so hard to do, but we're going to try. You know what? Oh, man. Moving on to the next subject, talking about positivity, power rankings, man. Power rankings. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we're dead last. Mm. What's the positive spin? I don't know. The fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line? The positive is we can't regress anymore. Like we can't we can't be ranked lower. I mean it's 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 pretty bad. Uh let's say then let's say to to be blunt, people are gonna pick on Breck Shea center back, which you know, shows people that they don't even like really watch the game, right? Because he's played as a left back. Also, wanted to mention that the announcers are just horrible talking about, oh, you know, Inter Miami's playing in a 5 3 2. I'm like, bro, we literally disclose the players in the formations. Like, just look at your sheet before we come out. We're, we're, we're in a 4 2 3 1. Um, but, you know, the rest of the team has a lot of question marks. Been a tough year in South Florida with some juicy quotes already coming 
out uh, of, uh, of post game, which I mean, it's just Phil, you know, kind of complaining again. So, oh man, are we, are we worse than Cincinnati? <laughs> Dude, we're worse than San Jose. Let's not even talk about Cincinnati. Let's talk about San Jose, who in their last game against Philly oh had a total team expected goal of point three, and they are are two spots ahead of us. Well, That's I, how bad this is right now. I, I, I've seen people talk themselves into things, but I've never seen someone talk themselves out of something so fast. Yes, Jay. The answer is yes. Man. Tough, tough time. This so is, this is going to be a good game. I mean, I know we've been kind of like laughing about Cincinnati, but I'm telling you, Cincinnati, they ain't laughing right now. Like this is something that guys, <laughs> Dan, you're shaking your head right now, bro. We cannot lose this game. Like, I hope we understand this. Is if this we pop back on the microphones next week, guys, we cannot lose this game. Is this do or die? We are we going be, to be who's next? We're going to be haunted by the OFC Cincinnati chant oh. after next weekend. Bro, we are I, going to hear that. I, I this feel, is the player's curse right here, dude. I feel like Don Garvey is going to make an exception and just relegate Inter Miami this year. <sighs> just put us into we're going to be Inter Miami two and three in the MLS is next. Is, is I mean, up. let's go with that. Like, what's your defense? Like, how are you? How are you sitting in a court and being like, "No, this should not happen." Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Well, let's talk about this next game, right? It is Cincinnati. Well, who, who is after Cincinnati? Uh, Houston. And then who's after Houston? New England. Oh boy. Then Seattle. Oh, then Atlanta. Then New it? England again. Ah, oh, the Max Ramos game. The Max. Oh god, dude. Yeah. Okay. Is that in Atlanta or in Fort Lauderdale? Uh, I want to say that would be. Atlanta. I'm pretty sure because that's what the the fourth game. I will double check that for us right now. Let's talk about the game though, man. I mean, it's Cincinnati, right? They are the perennial worst team in the league, but you know, it's a brand new year and there's uh, there's plenty of, of, you know, they don't have to be in that spot anymore is, is what I'm getting at. Do have some studs. Um, I think Brenner's dealing with some injuries actually, but uh, I mean, Lucha Acosta made, if we could get us in Acosta, that would be, uh, I think exactly what we need now than Karen Gibbs was listed as a full participant in practice today, training up for this game. What do you, what are the chances? Give me like a, a percentage of probability that he's, he's, he's a starter. Uh, it's a tough one because, it, you know, anybody who's had herniated discs know it could feel great one day and be completely shit the next. Uh, I'll go 50-50. Uh, I think if he's good to go, he's a, he's a, a big enough professional, he's going to give it a go. Uh, I would love to see him out there. I know I'm excited to see Noah play, but having Kieran Gibbs in a spot where we need him the most right now, we're going to need him out there. Fair enough. So to answer your question, Atlanta is in dry pink. Uh, so that'll be a home game. Maybe Max comes down and we all just beat him up. <laughs> we all just like follow him down the alley and just mob Max Ramos. Um, I'll fly down for that. Yeah. Question. I mean, Cincinnati's defense is, is leaky as hell as well, to be fair. Um, whose defense is worse? 
Who's who's giving up more goals here? Us or Cincinnati? I, I plead the fifth. Dan? Oh, I'll I'll go. I'll go right for the throat. Ours. Okay. See, if, I love how the confidence, man, we start we're like, oh yeah, you know, like damn. Okay, I got something for you. I I've, I've been a little quiet because I've been trying to uh do a little level two research and I got it on mybookie.com, right? So like the real shit here. My bookie has us as the actual underdog by point mm. five. So we are not the favorite against Cincinnati. We are a point five underdog. How's that make you feel? <laughs> you can't make me feel worse, man. Listen, I'm, I'm slumped over in the corner bleeding out over here. <laughs> it's okay. The line on the game and total goals is only two and a half. So they're only really expecting two. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've all been a little aggressive with our, uh, scoreline predictions this season I, i'm gonna pat myself on the bat because i said i'm gonna be humble and actually i predicted us losing two owed to lafc which um happened so at least i can take that little bit of, of solace out of the uh the losses that uh hey look sometimes i can do my job and actually get this right uh but scoreline here i'm gonna go first i've already given mine to the cincinnati podcast so i'm gonna have to keep it 100 and and, and do the same i'm going two two draw we both walk away with a point because we're both just wooden spoon contenders neck and neck dan what you got can i plead the fifth on this one no nope. because i'm not okay nope. <laughs> all right you asked for it i'm gonna go three nothing to the orange and blue out of cincinnati <laughs> i man I, <laughs> how times I, have changed bro and, and this is why Diop oh, looks shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Our defensive line is is as shaky as the last brick in a Jenga tower right now. Like we just don't have any confidence. I'm, and I'm hurt about the have... Diop thing, man, because you know, like you weren't really high on him when we got him, and I, I was high on him. And then you know he had that he had that Dude. pretty he had that pretty good first game. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Like, look, he's he's good, but man, the, you're right. The past two games, he's looked he's looked completely, um, you know, out of it. Honestly, and I think the thing that pisses me off the most is we got Diop and Roman Berkey just signed with St. Louis SC. Yeah, I saw and Berkey, that today. And I'm like, Berkey turned down Bayern Munich to go to St. Louis. That's he's got to be a DP player, right? Did they go DP keeper? I would, I would think so. They would have to, right? If I, he's. I, I, I would believe so. Yeah, you're not turning well, down I mean, Byron I, for for four hundred thousand dollars per per year. Byron's going to pay you like four hundred thousand like per month, if not per week. To play, to to knit and do crochet behind Manuel Neuer. <laughs> He's going to make him nice little hats and and cute little mittens. Yeah, that's tough. Man. But yeah, I don't know. I just wish we could have got him over Diop. Nothing personally against the guy. We put him in some bad spots. Marsman's our dude. Uh, I mean, he's done what he can for us better than Drake could have. Yeah. Uh, so come back to his nothing Nikki. personal. Come back to his Nikki. All right, Alex, what's your uh, what's your prediction here, bud? Man, I, I I thought stepping in this podcast today, I thought I was the only one who was uh, thinking Cincinnati over here. Um, mm, Dan, dude, I can't believe we're even speaking these words. Man, that's wild. But uh, 
Wow. Um, I'm still in a little bit of shock, but honestly, I was going with the tie too. I, I don't think either team is better than the other, to be honest with you. I think this is a one, one tie. I think I'm going to respect the Vegas line and play it a little bit more than Jay sitting at that four goals. I'm going to play a little bit closer to the two and a half that uh, Vegas is pitching out there. If you were a degenerate, go ahead Put a little bit of money on the game. Do your thing. Follow us. See which one wins. I don't think it's going to be Jay. Uh, I could definitely see it Dan going over Jay, and I can. What's also your scoreline though? I said one one. Oh, you said one one. Yeah, okay, one, one okay. so one one draw. Okay, yeah, so I think it's going to be a one one tie, and I think both goals are going to be really, 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 really stupid. <laughs> The FIFA cheese goals. I can't even like, yeah, I can't even refute it. Honestly, at this point, I'm just going to continue this like humility, humility tour uh, on score lines until this team proves me wrong. Because I like it, dude. Broken clocks right twice a day. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm a professional. Um, all right, we'll see how it's going. This uh, this game is Saturday uh, in Cincinnati at TQL Stadium at Breck Shea's second home. But, man, Breck needs to get it together. He won't even be there. I keep forgetting. He's, he's off. He's spending on red cards. Uh, games at 1 o'clock p.m. Looks to be on ESPN. Plus, uh, local channels per usual. Enter Miami app per usual. Per usual. Man, struggling with the words. Uh, so, some other news that, uh, that happened. Uh, some miscellaneous news with the team. Uh, Enter Miami and Grubhub partner to bring mobile ordering and pickup to drive pink stadium kind of interesting we've heard a lot of people complaining about the price of uh concessions at this stadium wait so you can order something from the actual stadium or tailgating from the parking lot and then come deliver it for free yeah i guess you can just eat it at the is there like a designated section that we, we have to eat it in or can we just go take that to the stands no you have to i eat think it you can take it straight there. to the stands from what i saw they check people for water bottles, drugs, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You got to eat the, you got you, you, there's no way they let you in. So with we could get, we could get like a whole like low country seafood boil and just like and just carry, sell it inside. Just carry these buckets up to the, up to the stands, I guess. Uh, I like that. Um, is that going to hurt the, the stands? I mean, the, the stadium's concessions though. If, I mean, if you got to pay, you know, you know, six eight nine dollars for a hot dog you know five dollars for a bag of chips does that beat out the the uber eats service fees and, and taxes and all that or, or grubhub free. sorry but there's still like the service fee and everything or like the tip we're just like the they charge a couple of dollars just to just to do the transaction you know how it goes well i think that also determines i mean the gas prices it, it, if the gas prices go down it's going to be beneficial for folks to pick up food from Grubhub. If Grubhub has to continue to charge more because gas prices keep going up, you'll see more people flock into the concessions in the stadium. Are we are we taking this political? Just saying. <laughs> Just kidding. Um all right. Well I mean Than, you are you're you're always you've always been a very eco minded person, right? Save the trees. For you for those of you that that, that don't know Than was part of an organization before joining the, uh, the podcast where, um, you know, they'd go up to the, uh, the Picanos mountains and, uh, Than would chain himself to trees and prevent lumberjacks from cutting down the tree to save the environment. And this man has a track record of saving trees, saving mother earth and making the world a better place. 
Than tell us about the new recycling initiative that you're uh, you're so happy about. Yeah, um, yeah, my, my track record speaks for itself, I guess. You know, lumberjacks getting jacked in the woods and uh, saving trees. I mean, oh, I forgot to mention like the 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 anti whaling boat that you were on, spraying water on the 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 whale poachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my own version of Greenpeace, but it's pepper spray instead of water, and it's not very uh, not very friendly. But, uh, yeah, so Heineken is partnering with us to reward Inter-Miami fans for recycling, uh, kind of hoping to keep the stadium more clean and family-friendly, unlike what uh, unfolded on Sunday with the massive windstorm of trash that went Yo, across dude. the stadium. Yes, it, looked, kind of, it looked rough out there. That, that it looked like Mad Max Wasteland. Those yeah. winds were insane. I saw a whole streamer, what looked to be like 30 feet of a streamer, just flying in the wind there. But then like towards the end of the game, it was just all broken up pieces of trash all over the field. I, I saw like a flying baby. <laughs> Someone, someone lost their baby. My only question here is, I think there's what four machines they're putting up in the stadium. How quick is yeah, this process? Because to my understanding, you put the can in there, right? So you're going to take the 24 ounce tall boys. You're going to put it in there. I don't know how long it's going to, is it like a red box where it takes a while to, to put it in there? And then it says you're going to, you'll be able to scan a QR code and you can win items. Um, you know, some like team swag or whatever. They even said you could, you could potentially win, uh, jerseys, which would be impressive. But depending on how long this process of putting your can in there and then waiting to get your QR code, like, is this thing even going to be efficient if everyone is wanting to get ideally like a Jersey from it? Is there, is there going to be a massive line at halftime of these machines? I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially over the next couple of weeks as they have them put in and, and are used. But to your point, if you have to sit there and wait for it, people are just going to huck it in the same bin they've been hucking it in since the stadium opened. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the point? Yeah, there's a. It's like a. It's like a, a direct correlation um, of time in line versus chance. I'm just going to say screw it and throw this away into the trash, and you know what? Not my chair, not my problem. We'll see how this works out. Maybe they're going to just have to put a bunch in there because i'll tell you one thing i'm not gonna like leave the game you know in mid 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 of like first or second half and be like oh wait uh, the line's not there i'm gonna go recycle right now like no like we're gonna stay there and have a good time well jay apparently according to chris allen the team did thorough research and listened to our supporters and they found out the sustainability was high on the uh list of importance for fan base wait 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 i just had a realization they take our cans and pour them into plastic cups. We're not even be able to recycle the cans. This is this must be for for like the east and west and south stands. Have you ever had a can of beer in your stadium since like the first season? Not since the first season when they took that privilege away. Yeah, right. They so, they revoked that, yeah. and now they're teasing us with it. But we can't. What are so? Or maybe we're just recycling plastic. No. So to your point, the four RVMs, as they're calling them, are in the following locations. Next to the Heineken Bar on the north side, there's two. There's one in section 120 and 121 on the east side, and one in 104 and 105 on the west side. That's it. But if I don't have 
a can because you won't let me hold the can because you don't trust me. How am I supposed to recycle said can? Question. Maybe because you ordered a Grubhub earlier and you brought in the can. Oh, yeah. Oh, what if we could? Can you uh, can you Grubhub alcohol delivery? Oh, the possibilities could be endless. All right, we got we got to keep moving. We will we will give everyone a solid update once the trial and error period of the first few weeks uh, resumes. But uh, Pabs advanced to the closed door knockout rounds. Uh, IMCF Pabs R E M L S star represented Inner Miami. Uh, Closed out the knockout round with a thrilling win versus Nashville's Jackson Redona in the EMLS uh, knockout round. Subsequently, Pabs fell against the number one seeded player in the competition, Toronto's goal machine, in the quarterfinals uh, to wrap up his EMLS Cup participation. Uh, let's move forward to fan questions, fans, fans, questions, fans, fan, qu- whatever. Let's move forward to what you got with only fans, only fans, only fans, only fans. We'll roll with it. What you got for us today, buddy? J N Alex. This is from our least favorite scouser, Nuka Cola vendor. If you could sign anyone in the MLS without money being an option. And the one caveat is it cannot be Lewis Morgan. Who would you sign? Uh, Lucas Elorion. Easy. That's a tough question. I mean, like, which way do you go? Do you go, like, where we need the most help? Or I think, like, my my personal choice in that, I think Zellerion's one of the best, if not the best, uh, midfielders, you know, in the game, attacking-minded midfielders. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and if I can replace Gonzalo with Zellerion, I will, I will do that deal right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, with this whole thing breaking down the way that it is, you know, there's a lot of players that left. Um is it so freaking terrible for me to say Walker Zimmerman just to have a stable person no. on your back line that you can just trust day in and day out who's probably going to be the leader of your team? No, that's very valid, actually. That's very valid. Dan, who would you take? Uh, there, yeah, You guys actually picked two of the three. Uh, I was actually going to say Jay yours and then Alex's. And then there's a new guy. His name was Lewis Lorgan, <laughs> plays from New York Red Bull. Uh, I was going to try and sign him up. Uh, I can't believe you just said that because my head was literally just thinking that five seconds before. Like I should have just said Mewis Lorgan. Wow. Yeah, I actually had, I already had Johnny create a graphic for Mewis Lorgan whenever we decide to sign him. So Um, next question though, uh, from March of David, is there any Academy player you would call up right now that already has not been with the first team? That has not been with the first team? Like even in preseason? I would say let's take preseason out of it. So you can, if they've been with the preseason or team during the preseason, that's fine. But has not actually played with the first team. Um, I would probably go with 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 Sean Hundle. What do you think there, Alex? No, I mean, that was definitely going to be my my uh, my thought too. But I mean, you're the one who's covered honestly the most about it. Probably another one, anyone in the community. So what do you think, man? I. I I got to go Ethan Harden. We need that defensive help. All right. oh, that's uh, a good one, too. got a killer mm-hmm. pass accuracy. I want to say it was in the mid to high 90s from the back line to the mm-hmm. midfield last year. He's got great vision, and he looks to push the ball forward. So that'd be my, that would be my player to call up. Maybe we can and, call uh, up the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
Damn. All right. Yeah. Uh, and last but certainly not least, our boy I am CF Traveler. Uh, where does Breck stand after this week? Our true left backs are regaining fitness, and he seems destined to be relegated to truly only a left wing super sub. What do you guys think? I, in my opinion, he's nothing more than a super sub at this point of his career. Uh, we joke about all the time is the best $50,000 or $5, however we want to look at it, uh, signing that the club probably has had in history. And boy, does that bring a smile to my face when Breck Shea checks into the game. Who was it? Was it like, who who was saying it at the game the first time? 10 more Brex. 10 more Brex. Uh and that's absolutely right, but we can only have him for so long out on the pitch. But yes, I agree. I think Breck Shea is a super sub to the superist. Yeah, as much as I would love for the Viking King to, uh, you know, regain his youthful um, play. Yeah, he he is. I think he's going to be best utilized as a super sub slash snake catcher in that uh, the unforeseen circumstances we come across a snake. Uh, it does hurt. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm having the, these thoughts in my mind that I don't really want to put out into the universe, but you know, it kind of like age just kind of smacks you, you know, one, one season you got it. And the next season you, you, you don't necessarily got it anymore. I don't know um, if we're there yet, but I was, I was pretty alarmed by Breck's mistakes he was making. Cause he is typically uh, you know, a pretty consistent player for us. So, um, you know, maybe we got to pull back a little bit. We are getting, you know, our players back. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, get them back to a super sub spot. I think we can come on and change the game for 20, 30 minutes, and maybe we just go back to that. Maybe we were asking too much to try and get a full 90 minutes out of him because we only got a full 45 minutes out of him before he was uh, carted into, and sent off the field. I would have to say, I don't even think he's a super sub anymore. He's just a regular sub. He's going to be uh, the player we bring on when we don't have any other options at this point. That, that's how I'm viewing it. I don't think that we are going to see the best of Breck. I think his regression has been way too quick. And honestly, with the small sample size we have, I think we need to push more towards getting Gonzalo to be that super sub role. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, they could both be. Uh, super subs, honestly, but we got to find out someone. But what I'm getting, what I'm saying is, Breck, his regression has been so quick. I don't think he could be super sub. I think he'd come out and make an impact, but I don't think he's going to make the same impact like he normally normally did. Maybe, maybe it's just maybe that prime is uh starting to starting to fade away, and, and maybe it's more in the uh the rear view mirror than uh, than in front of him now, but. uh what you got over there, buddy? I see you're 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 storming up over there. No, nah, nothing good. Nothing okay. good. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Well, we still promise to come through, even though you know it, it sometimes is uh, can be a little painful. But hey, if there's ever a game to turn everything around, we've got it against Cincinnati. And if in the same breath, if there's ever a game to really completely shatter you, it's Cincinnati CF. So. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Inter Miami Podcast. If you don't, check us out on social media on uh, Twitter at Inter MIA Podcast, on Instagram at Inter Miami Podcast. Join the Discord if you don't already. Jerseys are in. I will be contacting everyone this week to coordinate 
uh, maybe like a watch party, pick it up, or we can just do it at the stadium. Than, I'll go ahead and ship yours up to you, buddy, because I don't want to make you wait to come down for the game you're coming. Anyway, keep your heads up. It can only get better. Better. It can only get better. Better. Uh, Say it with me, better. Better. Anyway. Maybe better. As we leave every single episode, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.